has such an interesting picture of how God relates with people. And we see in the first half of this chapter from verses 1 to 15, a rather, it's kind of like a homey picture of God coming to Abraham and Sarah's tent. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's visiting their home and he's eating a meal with them on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah. And there's some different interpretations of who the three men are in the beginning, but it seems the common interpretation is that one of the figures is God embodied and the other two are the two angels who eventually enter the city of Sodom. So after Abraham sees God appearing, he rushes off to prepare food for a meal, showing them abundant hospitality. Even in the speed at which he prepares everything seems significant. The words quick and quickly come up three times in verses 6 through 8. So Abraham is rushing to show God himself hospitality, and God receives that. Um, This passage really helped me to see how relational God is and that he comes to us in this kind of way. Um, The manner in which he interacts with Abraham reveals an interest and and kind of this knowledge and the particularities of Abraham and Sarah's personal lives. He speaks to them about probably the main burden on their hearts, which is their lack of a child and heir. He addresses even that little detail of Sarah not being honest and lying that she hasn't laughed when in reality she did. (laughs) It's kind of an awkward moment in the Bible. Um, But I I personally felt blessed by this passage because I see how personal and detailed God is in his love for us. Uh, Sometimes I think we have this mistaken view that, okay, God is this big sovereign God over the entire universe, and therefore he's not detailed. We falsely associate God's grandeur and majesty with a lack of interest in small things or Mm. small people maybe like us. Uh, Maybe we think that God is only interested in big issues like the fate of a city like Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, God's interested in the fate of America, but not me in particular. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think this passage really contradicts that view of God. Um, Here we see that God addresses the particularities of our lives, um, even our speech, and he is intimately involved. He cares about our burdens, trials, and what we're scared of. Yeah, so we see God going on to reveal himself to Abraham in the second half of this passage. Um, He reveals his justice, right, that the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and calls for judgment. But as we read this passage, we also get the sense, I think, that um, God is, like, not really trigger-happy to exercise judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's very careful. He wants to double-check. So he says, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Um, and then we get this famous back and forth bartering scene where Abraham tries to get God to spare more and more people. And we see that God is willing to, to spare the city. Um, and so God reveals his heart of mercy. And then we see Abraham latching onto that. Mm, right? And, yeah. and, Ab- and we see God become, I mean, Abraham becoming like God. Right? Abraham becomes a big-hearted person uh, who ends up caring about Sodom, these people who he's never met. Of course, his nephew Lot is there, so he's thinking about him, but he's not just saying save Lot, right? He's talking about the whole city. Mm. And this struck me because, you know, at this point, Abraham does still does not have a son. Uh, there is this huge part of his life that we know was the cause of a lot of worry and anxiety on his part that has not been resolved. How was he able to have such emotional capacity to care about people he didn't even know? And I was thinking there are a lot of times when uh, there's a huge error in our lives that is unresolved. You know, maybe it's our career. Uh, maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's having kids that's unresolved. And it ends up sucking up a lot of our emotional bandwidth. Mm. And it's understandable because these are very important areas in our lives that ends up impacting our lives a lot. Um, and it's probably the case that in each season of our lives, there will be something kind of big that is unresolved. 
you know, that's the cause of much worry. And I think a lot of times we feel like, yeah, we need that area to be fully taken care of, fully resolved uh, um, in order for us to have the kind of emotional room to care and have compassion on others. But the lesson that, that I got from Abraham from this passage is that that's not necessarily the case. And I think Abraham was able to have emotional roominess in his heart because he trusted God. Right? He trusted God's words and his promises. God told him he would give him a son, mm-hmm. and so he was, he was good you know, because God promised him that. God spoke that, those words. Uh, that just freed up his capacity to care about people. And I was thinking for us, what's God's promise to us? You know, it's that we will be with him forever, that we are set in terms of our lives. No matter what transpires during our time here on earth, that our destiny is secure. And that all along the way, God will not forsake us. That's his promise to us. right? And to the degree that we are able to simply trust in those words, it will free our emotional capacity to care about others' fate before God. Yeah, amen. All right. Okay, have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye.